There is a pattern shown us in the Old Testament and an example shown us in the Old Testament that Paul uses in Romans chapter 9 to explain the elect of God. Even before the twins, Jacob and Esau, were born, even while they were in the womb, God says, Jacob I have loved and Esau I have hated. Even before they were born, he loved one of the sons and hated the other son. And he told their mother this, the elder shall serve the younger. This was before the children were born. Paul uses this as one of the examples of the elect of God. Another example of the elect of God is the promise of God and the birth of Isaac. When God speaks of Abraham, he speaks of his only son. But Abraham had two sons, Ishmael and Isaac. Ishmael was the son of the flesh, a son planned by men. But Isaac was not planned by men. He was the son of the promise of God given to Abraham and Sarah. All this we see today in that one person's born again, the other is not. From the same family. It's all the elect of God, chosen by God. And Paul explains it in Romans 9. Whether you can accept it or not is another matter, but your non-acceptance does not make the word of God void that Paul spoke in Romans 9. Romans chapter 9. Paul says, starting in verse 4, Who are the Israelites? To whom pertaineth the adoption and the glory and the covenants and the giving of the law and the service of God and the promises? Whose are the fathers and of whom, as concerning the flesh, Christ came? who is over all God blessed forever. Amen. Now Paul explains this elect of God. Not as though the word of God hath taken none effect, for they are not all Israel which are of Israel. They're not all Christians who go forth and are baptized. Some do it by their own will. Others do it because God has spoken to them and they go forth by God and are baptized. Verse 7. Neither because they are the seed of Abraham are they all children of Abraham. But in Isaac shall thy seed be called. 
When we look at the Old Testament, Noah, Adam, they had many children. They had many sons. But there were only a few named. Those are the lineage of the children of God, all the way back to the creation of man in Genesis chapter 2. We will see that when God lists all of the genealogy of one of the elect of God after another, after another, after another, he will name the Father, that is the seed of God, and he will tell the name of the child, that's the seed of God. But he doesn't tell the name of all these others who came by that man. That seed of God can even be traced as you read the genealogies presented in the Bible, Old and New Testament. For an example, we'll just read Matthew 1, because I can easily get to Matthew 1. It's the same thing as presented about Noah and the Old Testament. You'll see this pattern. The father is named, and then one of the sons will be named out of all his children. Why? Because that's the seed of God. The others are of the flesh. That's the real child of God. That's the elect of God, chosen by God. Now, I know most of you find genealogies boring, but if you'll Look at this with me. You will see the line of God running through the generations. Matthew chapter 1, verse 1. The book of the generations of Jesus Christ, the son of David, the son of Abraham. Now look at the lineage. Abraham begat Isaac, and Isaac begat Jacob. And Jacob begat Judas and his brethren, and Judas begat, and he goes on with this lineage, all the way up to Christ. We see the generations of the children of the promise. Abraham begat Isaac. He also begat Ishmael, but Ishmael was a child of the flesh and not a child of the promise, so he's even left out of this verse 2. And Isaac begat Jacob. Isaac also begat other children, but one of them is named as the child of God. And this goes all the way up to the birth of Jesus Christ. So all the generations from Abraham to David are 14 generations and from David until the carrying away into Babylon are 14 generations, and from the carrying away into Babylon unto Christ are 14 generations. And then he goes on and tells about the birth of Jesus Christ. Now let's go back to Romans 9. Verse 8. They which are the children of the flesh... They're they're by the will of man. These are not the children of God. 
The children of God are the ones by the promise. They're the ones chosen by God. And we have it carried over all the way to the New Testament church, Paul being one of the examples. Ishmael is the child of the flesh by will of humans, Abraham and Hagar. But Isaac was the child of the promise to Abraham and Sarah. Not by the will of man, they were too old to have children. But by the will of God, for nothing is impossible with God. Nothing is too hard for God. Verse 9, for this is the word of promise, that this time I will come and Sarah shall have a son. And that's going to be the child of the promise. And God refers to him in the Bible as the only son of Abraham, though Abraham has another son, Ishmael. Isaac is the child of the promise. Romans chapter 9, verse 10. And not only this, says Paul, but when Rebekah also had conceived by one, even by our father Isaac, for the children being not yet born, having done no good or evil, that the purpose of God, according to election, might stand, not of works, but of him that calleth. It was said unto her, The elder shall serve the younger. Verse 13, As it is written, Jacob have I loved, said God, but Esau have I hated. What shall we say then? Is there unrighteousness with God? God forbid. For he, God, saith to Moses, I will have mercy on whom I will have mercy, and I will have compassion on whom I will have compassion. So it is not of him that willeth, nor of him that runneth, but God that showeth mercy. There is an elect of God, a called of God today in the New Testament church. Paul is an example of the elect of God. Paul had been persecuting the followers of Jesus when this happened to Paul. Acts 26, Paul explains to King Agrippa. Starting at verse 4. My manner of life from my youth, which was at the first among mine own nation at Jerusalem, know all the Jews, which knew me from the beginning, if they would testify, that after the most straightest sect of our religion, I lived a Pharisee. And now I stand and am judged for the hope of the promise made of God unto our fathers. 
unto which promise our twelve tribes, instantly serving God day and night, hope to come. For which hope's sake, King Agrippa, I am accused of the Jews. Why should it be thought a thing incredible with you that God should raise the dead? See, the Sadducees didn't believe in the resurrection. The Pharisees did. Verse 9, Paul says, I verily thought with myself that I ought to do many things contrary to the name of Jesus of Nazareth, which thing I also did in Jerusalem, and many of the saints did I shut up in prison, having received authority from the chief priests. And when they were put to death, I gave my voice against them. And I punished them oft in every synagogue and compelled them to blaspheme. And being exceedingly mad against them, I persecuted them even unto strange cities. Whereupon, as I went to Damascus with authority and commission, from the chief priest. But everything is going to change on the road to Damascus because of one thing. Jesus reveals himself to Paul. And that changes Paul forever. And the same is with us. We were going the way of the flesh And those of us who are born again had God speak to us and reveal himself to us, causing us to be born again. We are the called of God and the elect of God. It was certainly not because we were doing anything worth salvation of ourselves. It was simply the will of God toward us. At midday, O king, I saw in the way a light from heaven, above the brightness of the sun, shining round about me and them which journeyed with me. And when we were all fallen to the earth, I heard a voice speaking unto me and saying in the Hebrew tongue, Saul, Saul, who is God calling? Not the men that journeyed with Saul. They saw a light. They fell to the ground. But the name of Saul was the name Jesus was calling. Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? It is hard for thee to kick against the pricks. And I said, Who art thou, Lord? And he said, I am Jesus, whom thou persecutest. But rise and stand upon thy feet, for I have appeared to thee for this purpose, to make thee a minister and a witness 
both of those things which thou hast seen, and of those things in the which I will appear unto thee. Delivering thee from the people and from the Gentiles unto whom I now send thee, to open their eyes and to turn them from darkness to light and from the power of Satan unto God, that they may receive forgiveness of sins and inheritance among them which are sanctified by faith in me. Verse 19, Paul says to Agrippa, Wherefore, O King Agrippa, I was not disobedient unto the heavenly vision. Paul was instantly changed when Jesus spoke to him. We too are instantly changed when Jesus speaks to us, causing us to be born again by the word. We are given a new heart and a new spirit, so now we can follow God and obey the word God speaks to us. We are the elect of God, chosen by God, children of the promise given to Abraham. For in Abraham, God blesses all nations, Jews and Gentiles. Genesis 12, verse 1. Now the Lord had said unto Abram, Get thee out of thy country and from thy kindred and from thy father's house unto a land that I will show thee. And I will make of thee a great nation, and I will bless thee and make thy name great, and thou shalt be a blessing. And I will bless them that bless thee, and curseth him that curseth thee, and in thee shall all nations of the earth be blessed, Jews and Gentiles. So Abram departed as the Lord had spoken to him. And the rest of his life, Abram did that word as it was spoken to him, whatever God told him to do. At one point, God told him to take Isaac to offer him as a sacrifice. This is the only son. But Abraham reasoned. He was a hundred years old when Isaac was born. Sarah was 90. He reasoned God could raise him from the dead even if he did slay Isaac. God could raise him from the dead and actually he came from the dead, Abraham reasoned, because their bodies were dead at the time Isaac was born. So Abraham had great faith in what God could do. Nothing was too hard for God. The New Testament church established after Jesus was crucified and taken into heaven. Ephesians chapter 4. 
but unto every one of us is given grace according to the measure of the gift of Christ. Verse 8, Wherefore he, Jesus, saith, when he ascended upon high, he led captivity captive and gave gifts unto men. And he gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, the New Testament church. Apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers to be ministers to the New Testament church appointed by Jesus from heaven. Thank you for allowing me to share this with you today.